RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and we are at Commodity Classic taking place in New Orleans. And interesting market trade again. I mean, we saw some red going on the screen, especially when you look at the soybean contracts. Wheat, well, they kind of pushed their way back into some positives, and it was nice to see a lot of green on the screen for the livestock side of the trade. Brian Split joins us today. He's with agmarket.net. They have a booth here at Commodity Classic. And I want to, Brian, start out there. An opportunity, really, to get to talk to some of these producers. What's the feel? What's the talk as they look at these markets? Uh, a lot of concern right now, Susan, about the uh, the weather upcoming this growing season, especially when you're out further west and the conditions that we're seeing. Uh, any producer out west that has a wheat crop in the ground is, is extremely concerned about the viability of that crop moving forward. Um, as we come out of dormancy, we'll be seeing what the crop conditions really look like, and uh, that's going to be, I think, another important factor for the, the wheat market moving forward. We've seen a, a really tremendous break off the highs that were caused by the, uh, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Um, some of these contracts have, have come off the highs several dollars in a very short period of time. Uh, but when you've got um, the concern domestically about wheat production, uh, when you've got the concerns, again, uh, of what's going to happen over the next, let's say, four to six weeks in the Black Sea region about crop management for the winter wheat crop and whether they're going to be able to plant their corn crop. And then you look at the, uh, the issues going on in China right now and, and the conditions of their wheat crop, which has been really hampered by flooding there. Uh, and we still have a, a very important scenario that uh, is still evolving and developing moving forward. You, you look at that, and you know, you and I were talking just before this, the continuing fluctuation we've seen within this wheat complex has got to make it tough for somebody who's trying to do this market and do it right and be profitable at the same time. Right, so there are issues with um, maintaining hedges in what would be the appropriate month. So the cash market has moved bids, uh, if there is a bid at all, um, to deferred contracts. So where you may have been looking at uh, uh, you know, a, a cash price that was bid off of the May contract, uh, most commercial entities, if there is a bid, have, have already moved out to September or December. Uh, so there's been a, a large move in the spreads. Uh, when you look at May, for example, if you're a commercial entity and you are buying product, you are, uh, by law, you have to hedge that on the board. And so you have short contracts uh, that are being initiated by the commercial. And when you see the May contract go to a dollar or a dollar fifty over the July contract, um, that is a, a large risk to the commercial entity. And if they cannot offload their product prior to the expiration, they then have to roll it to another contract. So if you're rolling at a dollar to a dollar and a half inverse, that is not a good situation to be in. So uh, we've had the commercials move their cash bids to deferred contracts, and they'll manage that through the basis moving forward. Are we going to see some guys get caught in all this? I think some have already obviously been caught. Um, this has been a, a really large event. Um, we really haven't seen the market make moves like this to the upside since the drought of 2012 uh, or the overall uh, commodity buying spree that we saw in 2008. And I think there's a lot of parallels to 2008 right now. That was the, really the last year that, that fund managers saw commodities as an asset class rather than looking at them for their, their individual fundamentals. And so... 
Um, you know, I was just cutting my teeth in the industry. I was about a year into the industry in, in 2008, and um, that was a, a point where you could wake up in the morning and look at crude oil, and that would generally dictate the direction of commodities for the day. And we're kind of back into that same mindset, um, and so things got broken when that happened um, in, in 2008 it was the mortgage-backed security crisis uh, that was Lehman Brothers was the really the first one um, Bear Stearns and that really started to happen in March of 08 um, and so you know with everything that's happening globally right now Susan you really wonder if there's another event that's around the corner that could uh, really take the wind out of the sails here and cause some liquidation but that that hasn't happened yet no one knows what it's going to be but it'll if it, it does happen it's going to be some kind of a debt-related issue um, with some kind of debt exposure, whether it's a sovereign nation uh, or, or a large entity out there in the marketplace. And we saw a crazy move in nickel, and the London Metal Exchange had to bust trades to keep uh, everything from going insolvent. Um, and so there's a lot of big things happening out there right now. Well, having said that, what can a, can a producer do to prepare for the, I mean, obviously it's the what if, like you said, but at least keep that mindset in place as they do their marketing plans. So I think the way that you participate in the marketplace has to be considered. Uh, we definitely don't want to get too far ahead in any physical sales that we're making, and it's hard to pass up uh, sales at these levels that look like we could be very profitable, assuming that we can raise a crop. Uh, but we we don't want to get to a point where we feel like we're 50% sold on a on a, a typical crop and realize that that 50% turned into 80% very quickly because of weather. Um, so we're also at levels right now that we can't ignore and we can't afford to do nothing. So really, um, the appropriate thing, thing, thing seems to be to continue to look at put options as a way to have a floor under the market. Um, and especially on new crop, you can use short-dated options that expire in different time frames. Um, so for example, if you want to maintain a floor through the planning intentions number at the end of the month in March, uh, to take a look at what the, the planting scenario looks like domestically and how things evolve, um, you can use an option that's priced off of November soybeans or December corn, but without having to pay the premium to go all the way out to the long-dated option that expires at the end of November for the December option in corn or at the end of October for the uh, November soybean option. I think that's a good way to get some bang out of your buck on, on protecting these levels. Uh, real quick here before we head to commercial break, uh, chart action. What's what's the key one you're watching right now? Well, I think uh, when you look at wheat, we've had some really nasty uh, price action recently, some major, major reverse from some limit up moves to limit down moves. Um, in 2008, the wheat market did top in March of 08, and so we're doing some similar topping action from very similar price levels. Corn and soybeans have not given us those signals yet, so we're watching that. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue here at Commodity Classic. When we come back, we're going to take a look a little bit more at the fundamentals of corn and beans and talk about something that was talked about with the um, Ag Secretary, and that is food supplies. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle final bell. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendiflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendiflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net and has been here at Commodity Classic as well. Kind of talked in the first half about um, just kind of the feels of what was happening within these markets as you talk to producers and obviously all the things happening when it comes to the wheat complex and the fundamentals of, of the corn and the beans. But you were talking macroeconomics and the things that we don't see coming. Kind of want to expand on that a little bit more because are we just going to see this on the grain side or is this something we need to think about on livestock too well i think the um the whole issue of food security is something the globe is concerned about you've got um country for example hungary that is moving into more protect protectionist stance and they will not be uh doing any exporting of, of, of agricultural products they want to keep it uh, in country and i think as things evolve over the next four to six weeks and we really see uh whether the Ukraine can get a crop planted, um, you're going to see more countries move into that that type of thought process. Now, as far as livestock goes, um, I have a a hard time thinking that we're going to see food inflation be a hot-button topic and not have the livestock markets follow through. Um, And also from a a policy standpoint, um, it's pretty evident to me that as we see uh, world leaders continue to push towards the uh, green energy movement and sustainability, um, and it it feels like we're being penalized for using fossil fuels and everything needs to go electric, and that's the the message that we're receiving. Um, And another product that uh, is also on that same vein is, is beef. And so I, I feel like that would be the next thing um, from the powers that be if they don't want us to consume uh, beef as like they don't want us to consume fossil fuels, there will be events put into place to make prices go higher. Um, now, that may feel good as it's happening, but we've seen the effects of high prices in different commodities and how that will affect the next decade to come. And we saw that in 2012 where we had uh, the, the drought that severely impacted our domestic production. Um, that did kill demand for years to come. And that also, two years later, led to, let, led to record cattle prices. So I, I think that's something that as we look down the curve and we look at February 23 live cattle, April 23, I think those contracts have some, some substantial upside if, if we continue on this protectionist environment. Let's talk about the cattle because we saw some higher grain prices, but it was nice to see the higher numbers happening within the feeder market. Right, Susan. So that's something that we really haven't been able to see much of, uh, especially with the recent trade, is is, uh, a higher corn board and a higher feeder cattle board. And I think this feeder cattle market's had had its its foot on the live cattle market. It's just made very difficult for the live cattle to get much footing here. So today it was was just nice to see that. It was nice to see that uh, even though corn wasn't sharply higher, it was higher for a lot of the session in the front months. And regardless of that strength in corn, and in wheat, we were able to see the feeder cattle market not only finish positive, but uh, you know several dollars higher on the session. We're going to keep that trend going. When we saw it in the hogs for a while, there they were kind of on fire. They backed off just a little bit. Right, and so I think both the hogs and the feeders have a, a similar setup where the market has recently gapped lower. Um, we haven't made any decisive moves after gapping lower in either markets. Uh, I, I think we're trying to figure out if, if that low that was made after gapping lower might have been a low. Uh, where we go searching for higher values. But so far, we're just consolidating in both markets, and I think waiting for the next shoe to drop to pick direction from here. What's your thoughts on the dollar? 
dollar's been extraordinarily strong, and uh, when you see major world events like we're seeing right now, and we saw this in 2020 when COVID uh, started to spread globally, um, there becomes a shortage on, on dollars, and uh, the market goes and, and, and looks for dollars, and the dollar market has been extremely strong, and it's it's been a, a change in the relationship where now um, a lot of the commodity strength is days where the dollar is up, and uh, days where we're seeing a pullback in commodity values are days where the dollar's down. So there's been a little bit of a disconnect of what we're typically used to for dollar-commodity relationships. Um, now, in the very big picture, um, and this is for people much smarter than me, but we, we have to wonder what's happening right now with the petrodollar and what China and, and Russia has in store in their big-picture plans, because uh, with, with sanctions that are being levied against Russia, it's forcing Russia to do business uh, in different ways and uh, move currency in different ways. And is that making us vulnerable to uh, seeing the dollar become less of a, a global economic force moving forward? It's going to make for some interesting volatility as we hit the second half of the month of March. <laughs> Susan, not only the second half of, of, of March, but uh, what are we going to see in the second quarter of the year when we're getting in our full-blown uh, domestic production cycle and we're going to start dealing with our own weather events on top of what's going on globally? I think we're going to just see a, a, a tremendous amount of volatility moving forward. All right, Brian, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you guys? Uh, check us out online, www.agmarket.net. Uh, 815-665-0463 is my direct line, and you can reach us at 844-AG-MARKETS. That's 844-424-6758. And that's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, your reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.